Hey everyone, what if I asked you if you wanted to confidently make connections with EL students, families and colleagues, help your newcomers embark on their journey with engaging lessons and plan like a pro for mixed proficiency classes? I bet I would get a resounding yes and I'm here to tell you that you absolutely can do it. I would love to invite you to the second annual Confident ESL Teacher Summit, which will be held virtually on August 9th through 11th of 2022. What is the Confident ESL Teacher Summit exactly? It is a virtual back-to-school conference for ESL teachers. It is three days of ELL teaching strategies specifically for those who work with English learners in grades K through 12. The Confident ESL Teacher Summit is hosted by me, Yeva Grossless, and features interviews and workshops with experienced and passionate ELL teachers from around the country who believe that teaching English learners does not have to be overcomplicated and overwhelming. This year's focus is to provide attendees with confidence in finding connections with students, colleagues, and families, embarking on the ELL newcomer teaching journey and supporting your students in mixed proficiency level classes and content areas. The registration is completely free, so all you have to do is click the link in the show notes and register. I cannot wait to see you and kick things off with you on August 9th. You're listening to episode 30 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. The goal of this and other summer episodes is to provide you with maximum value in short and effective doses so you can take action right away. I have been talking a lot about what to teach our newcomer students. In the previous episodes, I also shared tips on how to create a scope and sequence and how a curriculum guide could save you tons of time. Today, I want to touch upon one of the most important aspects of teaching all English learners. I will talk about making connections with students and families and why it is so important. You will hear some ideas for the first week activities, how to engage not only the students but also their parents, and what you can do to keep those connections going. In my opinion, everything else rests on the success of this particular step. This episode is full of ideas that will inspire you and that you can implement right away. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. In one of my earlier episodes, I believe it's episode eight, I talked about the three steps that are necessary and part of a roadmap of teaching English learners. I call them connect, embark, and ascend. They might sound lofty, but all they are is showing us the direction for both us and the teachers and our students. Now, today I wanted to share with you my ideas on tips on how to connect with your students. I believe establishing a connection is essential to our success because honestly, you cannot ask for anything from a person who does not feel that they are welcome and valued. Let's imagine for a moment, or maybe you don't even need to imagine, maybe you're already living it, that a new English learner joins your school community and your class. 
They speak little to no English and seem very lost. What would be your first steps? I always like to refer back to a certain piece of statistics. It says human communication is mostly nonverbal. 55% is body language, 38% is tone of voice, and only 7% is words. Now, that is very telling. Literally smiling and moving your body in a way that shows the student that they are safe and welcome are the key actions you need to take at first. I also like to share this piece of information with my classroom teachers. Some people tend to get hung up on the fact that the student is new and doesn't understand, but in reality, all we need to do is to try and put ourselves in that situation. What would help us? It's all about feeling welcome, feeling like you are here, that you are not here randomly and this is not an accident and people pay attention to you. Another way to make a connection with students is to help them become uh, part of the classroom community and, you know, obviously the larger school community, but we can start with our classroom. So I like to open up and share who I am, which sometimes is strange to the students, but also puts them in the position to see that it's okay to open up. And also I have others introduce themselves. So there are tons of activities for this one, but one of my favorites is this. I have a piece of paper with different slots for different information. So it kind of like looks like a bulletin board with like little pieces of uh, post-it notes tacked onto it. So that information is, for example, my name, my family, uh, pets or food. I have found that in some cultures, pets are not regarded in the same way that we're used to in the Western world and not even allowed sometimes. So I include an option about food. Um, there's one slot for three favorites, whether that would be activities, movies, or whatever three favorite things that your students might have. Two words or images that would describe them, like you would see them and, oh, I know this is so-and-so. And finally, an emoji or picture of how they feel about this particular school year. Now, the best thing about this activity is that it doesn't require the student to know English right away. Once the students understand the instructions, they can draw pictures and then we all can dissect the information with the help of Google Translate. This also allows students to connect with others who might share the same, similar interests or likes or dislikes, not to mention the laughs at our pictures because honestly, not many of us are great artists. So this is a very simple activity that gives you a ton of information that you can use later. You can touch back on their likes, dislikes, or asking about their family. Um, and this all builds connection, builds those ties, and helps them uh, lower the effective filter for their language learner learning. Now, once the students are more comfortable and or have more language under their belt, you could do a more targeted discussion-based activity. For example, students can talk about their name. I find this fascinating. So what does the name mean, if anything? Do they like their name? If so, what do they like about it? And if not, why not? What have they noticed about other people who say their name? For example, can other people pronounce it? Do other people know many people by their name or is it a topic for conversation? 
Um, I have all these questions because my name is Yeva, which is not very uh, widespread in the United States, even though it's probably the second most popular name in Lithuania. Um, and few people can pronounce my name correctly in the States. So when I hear it repeated back to me exactly like I said it, my heart begins to beat faster with the excitement. But at the same time, I also understand people who have a hard time uh, you know, pronouncing it because the sounds like yeah does not really exist in English. So these are just a couple of activities that I have incorporated very successfully into my classroom. And uh, I use them typically at the start of the school year or semester. So what do we do to keep those connections going then, right? Because we're not going to be doing this all the time. Like I said earlier, by now, you have gathered enough information about your students to pay attention on a daily basis. So the way I like to keep the connection going is to do a quick emotional check-in at the start of the class. I have found a grid of funny animal faces, dogs, cats, and sheep. Animals work for all age groups. And uh, they expressed almost any emotions, so I display that on the projector, and we all choose how we feel on that particular day. So I work with the teenagers, you already know that, so I do get some of eye rolls about this, but over time, they actually enjoy our check-in because they get to giggle a little bit, or if I find a picture of a superhero, they get to be like a superhero a little bit. So um, I find that teenagers, you know, they're still kids at heart, and uh, whatever, if you can make them laugh or giggle, um, that will make their day and will make the class actually go much smoother. So for me, this is important because I can help uh, then gauge what the class temperature is and how we will be able to proceed. If most of the students are tired, maybe we will come up with a way to keep going together. Maybe we can brainstorm some things that would help us, you know, for some, some students, you know, can say, oh, maybe I'm self-aware and I know that I need to put my phone down or maybe I need to do just one thing and it will get me going. So uh, this helps uh, with this particular temperature check. And if the students feel ready to work, that gives a different energy in the classroom. Either way, I want them to know that it is important for me to see them and for them to be honest with me. Now, there is one more piece in making connections with the students, and that is connecting with the families. In my experience, families who don't speak much English tend to get lost in the sea of information, and if we as teachers don't make the first step to reach out, they're not going to ask. One of the simplest ways to connect with families is during the registration. Make sure whoever does the new student registration at your school invites you so you can introduce yourself, get to meet the family, and get all of the information that you need, whether it's contact, whether it's language, um, you know, whether they speak English or not, um, email, cell phone. Some parents prefer communication via email, but in my experience, text messages work really well. They're more personal and something most people are familiar with. Plus, uh, there are text messaging apps that do immediate translations, which is a real great plus for communicating with the families that don't speak English. Keeping connections with the parents also means checking in with them regarding filling school-related forms. If you have an opportunity to have a night during which you offer help filling out those forms, such as permission forms, healthcare, 
that would take a lot of weight off the family's shoulders. Um, also, those information nights about certain extracurricular activities that the schools tend to offer. The fact that the sports uh, have seasons here. You know, you can't sign up for soccer in, in, in the wintertime or something like that. So um, this helps the family see that they are valued here and that they're welcome and that you do want them to succeed here. While there are many other ways you can keep connections with the students and families, here's one last one for you. If you can ensure to communicate to the parents how great their children are doing in your class or in school in general, that will make such a huge difference in their world. Frequently, we're used to receiving calls from school about the kid who gets in trouble. Why not make their day and share the awesome ways our English learners have made gains? And that is all for today. I hope you found this, found this episode useful. And let me know, what are some of the ways you connect with students and families? Let me know either in our Facebook group or by messaging me directly on Instagram. And don't forget to register for the Confident ESL Teacher Summit, which is happening on August 9th through 11th of 2022. And the registration link is right in the show notes. It's completely free. And I hope to see you there. Thank you for listening and until next time.